1: What are the two words I told you to write right now? Total corruption. Total corruption. Amen. And can anybody tell me what does that mean to them?
2: Totally corrupted. Like uh, the inside, the outside, the, the heart, the mind, the spirit, the
1: mouth, the everything. One hundred percent. Okay, good. Uh, does anybody, can anybody correlate a scripture outside of Romans that tells us that we're totally corrupted? That they can think off the top of their head that describes okay. What is the state of man after the fall? He's what? What did the Bible said we are. We're what in our
2: flesh.
1: No, we're blank in our blank. You're black. I'm, I'm gonna give you the answers. Dead. Bl- dead in our sins yeah, and our trust, truth, amen. So, when once we fell, we became dead now. When we talk about dead, or oh, we talk about what kind of death? Describe spiritual that. Death. Spiritual, death. Spiritual, death. spiritual death. Spiritual death. Amen. Yeah, and we're talking natural because our body is what? Decaying. 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 There you go. Y'all own it today. All right. You know, I got to throw something in there to twist you. Okay. So, since we're decaying and we get spiritual death, what does spiritual death mean in your own words?
2: Separated from God. So, How? Oh, yeah. Uh, completely separated from
1: him. Explain even deeper. I mean not not deeper, but just you know, give me some more.
2: Well we have no hope. Why? Because because of Adam and Eve and the darkness. because of sin.
1: <coughs> okay. All right. God
2: cannot look on
1: sin. Okay.
2: We haven't accepted Jesus so deep. And we're we're not scared. walking in, in the word. We're not you know, we're we're
1: obeying okay. but 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 we were born in born sin and true trespassing. trespassing. So we were dead. It has nothing to do with it. Accepting Jesus at the moment of, of our death. Our death is due to Adam, right? Yes. And the separation. Tell me something unique about the separation spiritual. Tell me, tell me, tell me about that. That's what I'm that's why I, I want to kind of hone in on this before we get going. Tell me about the death. What okay, what do we learn in Romans 1 that are some of the symptoms of the death that people do? Lie. Lie. Did you see what else?
2: murder. Okay, now what did
1: Romans 1 say? I ain't telling you to tell me I top your head. What did Romans 1 say? Okay. I want Romans 1. Look un- at un- the book. What are some of the symptoms?
2: Unrighteousness, evilness, uh-huh. evil, covetousness, malice, uh-huh, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, gossip, slanderers, haters. <laughs> yeah. Dishonor, it, I mean disobedient ahead. to parents.
1: Okay. And because of that, what did we do with our bodies? What What did Romans want to tell us?
2: Exchange natural relations for those contrary to
1: nature. Contrary to nature. So in our death, what we do is do stuff contrary to what God wants us to do, right? With our minds and our bodies. Okay? So we're totally corrupted inside and out. It's not that our body can do good and our mind be bad. It's not that our mind can do good and our body do bad. We're totally corrupted. And therefore... The Bible said this already. Therefore, you are without what excuse excuse. So no matter who you talk to, no matter who you run into that, the condition, if they don't know Jesus is total corruption. So now knowing that you shouldn't have a problem understanding because this tells you their problem. So you don't have to look at them and go, why you got a problem with Jesus? You got a problem with Jesus because you corrupt. So I want to get you past being amazed at what heathens do. Mm-hmm. Even after you preach the gospel, it's not, it's not for you to know the season of their change. That's why my message this morning, one man plants another water and God gives the increase. God gives the growth. It's not the man who plants, not the man who water. They're anything. It's God. So you just plant. Your goal is to plant what? The right seed. That's it. Y'all will get that in. I say it all the time. That's all y'all's job. Don't worry about when, how it's going to take effect. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. And I know out of sincerity of your heart, you want it done. I preach to somebody, and I want to see him changed. Okay, that's a good thing to want. But you got to realize, you got to leave room for the Holy Spirit to do what it's going to do—convict the person and bring the person up. Just like, just like Brother Kamis here. I've been knowing him for a minute. That's Joyce's great nephew. A good man, a good man a good, he know he knows his Bible he he sat under me for a minute, he knows his Bible, okay I ain't seen him in a minute, but I know that he know you see what I'm saying? I know he know now can he learn more? Of course he can. we all do, but you got to be willing to let people go on they, on they, go on their own journey, and if they find their way back, fine if they don't fine, but don't you go get caught up in huh I want to make sure you can't. You got to make the Bible says, make sure you say yeah.
2: <laughs> work out
1: your own soul salvation. salvation. Yeah.
2: So
1: and yeah. yeah, you need to make sure you examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. So man is without excuse. So we're going into chapter two. We're still dealing with the fallen man. and You're going to hear some more things about the fallen man. So we're going to be a chapter two, verse one. Go ahead. read.
2: Therefore, you have no excuse, oh man. Again,
1: no excuse. Go ahead.
2: Every one of you who judges, mm-hmm. for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself.
1: Now, check it out. We talked about the last time. On passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. But just not you passing judgment on another condemns you. There's a there's a there's a point to your condemnation because not just doing it, so somebody will take this passage out of context and say, Okay, it says if you pass judgment, you condemn. But there's a caveat to this. Okay, go ahead.
2: Because you. Because
1: the, that means this is the reason why. Okay, go ahead. The
2: judge
1: mm-hmm. practiced
2: the same thing.
1: So now, the reason why you condemned is not judging. The reason why you condemn is because of what you, which makes you a hypocrite. makes you a hypocrite. There you go. It's, and this is a. This, remember, I told you this is not a hypocrite. I go to club, you go to club. I turn to you and say, hey, you need to go to church. That don't make me a hypocrite. What makes me a hypocrite is, I go to club, you go to the club, I go to church, then I condemn you for going to the club. Because
2: you're going to the
1: club too. Right, because you're going to the club too. <laughs> See, if we both in the boat and I say I'm going to church, don't make me a hypocrite. But if I judge you for going to the club, and I was sitting right next to you drinking my Hennessy, then something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with me. Because I'm condemning you just because I go to church. I'm condemning you. That's the thing with hypocrisy. That's where people don't come to church. Because we're not exposing ourselves and saying, all oh, you got to do is say, look, I got issues too. And the best place to, have to deal with issues is inside the church. Don't condemn another person because they got floth. We just The sermon was about that. There's a harlot in heaven. Okay. There's a heart in heaven. There's a, if there's a heart in heaven, David, all them scoundrels in chapter eleven of Hebrews, God, you looked at their didn't look at their faults, but looked at their what? Hearts. No. What, what we talked about that's true. But I wanted a certain word, true, a certain word. True, begin with F. He didn't look at their faults. Faith. He looked at their faith. 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 Okay. You were right, sister. I didn't want to. But Sunday, I was tell, trying to tell him God doesn't look at your faults. Okay. God is looking forward to your faith. And Rahab was an example of a hard-lit. No respectable Jew would, would even touch her by their law. Think about all their laws about cleanness and, and, and women and all that stuff. You know, we see in the New Testament, they didn't like to deal with women then. Especially outside the Jewish nation. But then that woman became the mother of Boaz. So at some point or another, she cleaned herself up to get converted. And she married some a Jew and raised that beautiful son that every woman loved called Boaz. Okay, so something good can come out of something that's bad only when God is in the picture. And we are all we all male and female alike are her. Not indeed, but in corruption. You follow me? We are all born in sin. We're all outside the camp. So when you see the word outside the camp, just think of God. God is showing you in an illustration in the natural that there are people. That he rejects because they weren't selected. But he rejects them, but he also offers them a chance to come in. That
2: brings about a question. Go ahead. Um, Judas and have the same opportunity as the 11 other disciples, but he declined it.
1: Yeah, he turned away. He, he, Judas is scared as Romans 1. He knew the truth. He walked with the truth. He communed with the truth. He ate with the truth. But he decided to still go his own way. And that's why he's without excuse. Judas Iscariot cannot say he actually walked with Jesus. What, I mean, you, what, what can you say? I mean, he ain't like us. He actually walked and ate with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But he was on a different mission. Now, was his mission ordained by God? Of course. Okay? But again, like I told you, don't sit there and try to figure that out. So Remember, no, to no, I'm talking, to, talking yeah. to them from the, we talked about the lying and the, the mode of God, how God uses people who lie, yeah. you know. You don't say, you know. People say, well, Judas, Judas is in hell because he rejected Jesus. Yeah. Okay. But we know because we read the story, the backstory, that God used him, and and he and he talked about like, and Paul will talk about Pharaoh, how he used evil for his glory, because where there's sin abounds, what grace, grace much abounds much more. much more. So where sin is, there's an opportunity for a larger grace. Mm-hmm. Now, does it always? work like that for us to see no but just to think about it is a person could be a dirty rotten scoundrel that's why i'm saying you gotta lead it up to god and he decided god decided that they're gonna be the greatest preacher in the world you the one who gave the gospel you die and 20 years down the road they come to christ and go and lead many people to christ guess what you get credit for that
2: Yeah, because you were an instrument you was an instrument
1: you just didn't know it at the time
2: just like Billy Graham I mean Billy Graham that was one man that was a great instrument in Billy Graham becoming Billy
1: Graham yeah yeah somebody was somebody's teacher yeah, okay. that's why you can't get it on your own right. for all you long Rangers, that ain't the way God, God did it mm-hmm. everybody had a teacher everybody had a had someone to just sit under until it was time for them to do their thing or the person died they sat under until the person died Elijah and Elijah mm-hmm. you know sat there and <coughs> then he want a double portion. Yeah. I sat where I sat until it closed, you know. Yeah. But I learned. People, why well, you can leave? You, no, I'm in a learning mode right now. There's a big learning curve, okay? So, what you doing? You trying to get down, baby? Yeah. little right. acid on them. Yeah. And she don't need that.
2: All right. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Verse two. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things.
1: So the judgment of God, the wrath of God falls rightly on those who are disobedient. Okay? Remember when we talking about Rahab? Remember, that if you all go back and read the story, the, the, the spies told her to do for like three or four things. And they said, if you don't do these things, that thing about us saving you and your family is off. God awards faith and di- obedience. You can't say you have faith in God and disobedience. They don't go together. That's right. Don't try to make somebody tell you that. Don't even fall for it. If you disobedient, you won't have faith in God. Because guess what? Your disobedience proves that you have faith in God. And your slight disobedience is even worse because it proves you're a rebel. If God told you do A, B, C, and D and you do A and C and forget about B and D, you, you are that. a rebel. You are disobedient. You are worse mm-hmm. because you think you can fool God. Or you mm-hmm. think that you know better than God. Okay, so we, 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 we some fuckle folk Christians you know, alike.
2: You know, Pastor said, <laughs> lately God has been
1: dealing with me about transparency. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's it's really clear. People, you know, some we think that we can hide things, maybe we can hide from each other, but we're so transparent to God because He created
1: us. Yeah. Yeah, in a garden he's proved it. Mm. You know, they tried to hide. He like, who told you y'all was naked? Yeah. You know, we all have, who who you think you're hiding from? Yeah. But that's what sin do. Sin corrupts you so And remember when I told you, b- before the corruption, before the fall, the spirit ruled the body.
2: Yeah, true.
1: In the fall, the body rules the, the body spirit. Rules the spirit. So when he fell, the body became superior. The flesh became superior. The spirit got quenched. And God deals with dealing with the spirit, and they were talking to God out of the flesh because that's how they knew they was naked. Not through the spirit, but through the flesh. Mm -hmm. The spirit didn't care about nakedness. But
2: there was
1: no sin. Yeah, there was no sin. But the nakedness was not a sin. But when they saw themselves, they all we naked. We got to cover ourselves up. Who told you 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 was naked? naked. You were thoroughly covered by the spirit of God. You didn't need no clothes. Okay. And then that's when the beginning sacrifice, the first blood sacrifice is in the garden. Okay? All right? Go, really go ahead.
2: Do you suppose, O oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God?
1: And of course, the answer is what? Yeah. They sure do. No, they sure do. They think that they, they can. They think they can, they yeah. can. yeah. They, they can. answer the question. Oh, okay. If Paul is posing the question... And, and, he, and the answer is, do you think that you can escape it? Yes, they do. They, they they do. All men think they can escape the judgment of God. Whoa. All men that judge wrongly and do the same thing believe that they're going to get away with something. And I'm not talking about from looking from on the outside. Hey, and I did it one time, too. We all did. We all thought we can get away with it. Hold on. The fact you tell your kids, do as I say, not as I do, you think you can get away with it. Okay? Don't you yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing wrong, but don't you do wrong. Come on now. They looking at you as an example. That's true. And they rationalizing their mind, you crazy. You gonna do one thing, tell me not to do it, but you keep doing it. It must be good. Because you my mama, you my daddy. Okay? All right, go ahead.
2: Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? Not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance.
1: So ask the question. Do you what? Ask that question.
2: Presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience.
1: And the answer is, yes, we do. We're very presumptuous when it comes to God. You always think God going to give you some grace and mercy. And that ain't true
0: because
1: God said, I'm going to have mercy on whom I will have mercy Okay. You take you you miss you misuse God's grace. And that's how good God is. He let you. Hopefully that you wake up one day. But there's a point. As we saw in Romans 1. What's the word that when he get tired of you abusing him? No, that ain't in Romans 1. He turned you over to your turn you over. A reprobate mind is it. But the word the word in Romans 1 was he turns you over. He said that about three times, didn't he? He turns you over. What does he turn you over to? Your own desires. desires. He lets you go where you want to go. He lets you do what you want to do. Here, go do what you want to do. You don't want me. You don't love me. You don't be married to me. Bye. (laughs) Bye. You've proven. See, God is God. Like, look, you proved it to me. It hurt me, but gone. But
2: But he gives so many warnings though.
1: Yes, he does. Before the wrath comes, comes many <laughs> warnings. But when you're blind and dead, you can't see him. You just can't see him. Now, what amazes me, you Christian folk, you saved folk, full of the Holy Ghost, fire cup baptized, all that good stuff. Y'all miss it too. Because we're getting our flesh real quick. We miss it too, and that's the sad part about it. <clears throat> the ones who should catch it don't catch it. And the ones who sh- that should catch it might catch it. Because I've had heathens say spiritual stuff That's more spiritual than saints do because we get caught up in ourselves. You know, we get caught up in our superior spiritual relationship with God. But God says all the time that if you approach something with humility, you might see a little bit more me. You know, it's a challenge.
2: Isn't that why
1: he tells us to humble ourselves? Before the mighty hand of God in the new time he shall exalt you. Because if we don't humble
2: ourselves we become
1: very haughty. Yeah, we become arrogant and ignorant. We do. Or ignorant in our arrogance. Yes, we do. One or the other. Or both. Or all. Okay. So again, we're still talking about man being messed up. Think about it. He's been one chapter. Now he's in chapter two still trying to get across to you that we, that we need. Uh, see, this is all to prove that he's arguing the case back and forth. That's what I'm saying. Pay attention to the question he asked. And I what he says is the question he asked him the first, then he says that he said, now, because the fact that man does this, don't you know that what? What did it say, Free? Uh not knowing that
2: God's kindness
1: leads you to repentance. Speak, speak up. Don't you know what? That the goodness of God
2: Presume originally not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance.
1: That not knowing that God's kindness is Your presumption in ignorance, taking God for granted, don't you know why He did it? It should lead you where? To To repent. And repentance is what? Turning away, turning to God. Turning away, turn to God. Going God's way versus your way. So don't you know as you take advantage and disadvantage of grace and mercy that He says, I'm doing this for your benefit. That's how good God is. He's doing it for your benefit. He's saying, I'm being patient with you, putting up with your stuff so that hopefully one day you wake up and turn. But if you keep ignoring me, I'm going to let you stay blind. And all you got to do is come a little way. This is the thing. If you just turn to God a little bit, he'll clear everything up. But what you won't clear it up is your future. You want to know what's around the corner. You want to know what's around the bend. The problem with that is that's not walking by faith, because if you know what's there, then why do you have hope?
2: And why do you need God?
1: Faith is, yeah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. So if so, so so if you want to know everything that's around the corner, good, bad, or indifferent, you're nullifying. You saying, God, I don't trust you enough because I'm too scared of what's going to happen tomorrow. But God is saying, trust me and make the right decisions, and you'll be okay. And, and and again, we all, and I, and I, and I talk to Frida all the time about this, I tell everybody, there are natural consequences to the decisions that you make in the past that you will never, ever necessarily get rid of. This is what happens with God. You make bad decisions unsaved, the weeds will come up eventually. But the goodness of God is so good that he may limit the effect that it has on your life.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to deal with it, but it don't take you out. Amen. You got to deal with it because you know it's coming. And if you acknowledge God that it may come, God may say, you know what? It's the fact you know it's coming, you acknowledge me, I might not let it even come.
2: We're
1: We're you wait for something that ain't going to come. I see you want you to go God. forward. Don't wait. Keep moving. God is a progressive God. He wants us to keep moving forward. He don't want us to stay stuck. When you're stuck, you're stupid. That's as simple as that yeah you're just stupid yeah because that means you don't trust God how can you how can you be stuck and you got the God that created the heavens in the universe with one word
2: Because you choose to
1: because you choose to you're scared you scared to step into what God got see and, no, and let me tell you another reason why you're scared my favorite words accountability responsibility you're scared of being accountable because you might be successful. Let me tell you, the more successful you are, the more responsibility you got. Yeah. The more responsibility you got, the more you got to be accountable. Don't think that the people that you look up to that are rich aren't accountable to anybody. Uh. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> or responsible. Think about it. The fact that they're rich, they got a whole bunch of people depending on them mm-hmm. for their paycheck. Mm-hmm. So they, they ain't just, you rich, you get to do what you want. Part of being successful is knowing that I'm going to have more accountability and responsibility to other people and to God. Yes, but if you want, if you just want to sit back and be a bum, you ain't accountable nobody. <laughs> you sit back do what you want to do. And then you criticize others, hypocrite, for going forward in God and you ask the question, why can't I go forward in God? Why God ain't doing this for me? God is saying because you won't submit to me. Why should I do that for you? I'm putting up with the fact you're ignoring me. Mm -hmm. Are you taking advantage of me? Yeah, I'm taking advantage of God, but I want you to bless me. Okay. Be obedient. Well, I can't do that because, you know, I I still want to do what I want to do. Okay. Do what you want. I'm going to let you, hold on. I'm going to let you live to do what you want to do. Well, you deserve to die. I'm going to let you live. That's all right. Come on, look at y'all. So I'm gonna let you live instead of dying. We're in Romans chapter two, okay? So I'm gonna let you live. I'm gonna let, And my goal for letting you live is what? That you eventually repent. Yes, yes, That's the kind of stuff that we want to run around the church. That's what, that's what. That is like one of my favorite passages because I see myself in that. God allowed me to live long enough so I can. Open, he can open my eyes so I can repent. Is and once I right? repent I'm on my way.
2: Isn't that
1: what He does for all of us? Yeah. He wants to do it for all of us. Yeah. But you got to make. You got to come to a conclusion. And the mysterious part is, faith is a gift. Repentance is a gift. All these are gifts from God. And God gives gifts without without repenting. Many without repenting. Okay. But and, and and if the scales fall from your eyes, it's because God made them fall because you can't do it. A dead man don't know nothing. But the mystery is, we do have a part in it, and it's mysterious, not mystical, mysterious, and it really can't be explained. We'll burn that out when we get to heaven. I just thank God is a but God God. Amen, amen, <laughs> amen, amen. I think he's a. I thank God that he's a but God God. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Because yes, that's who he is. Yes, sir. Yes, that's his character. But there's some part he's aggressive in and some part he's passive in. It's called the passive will of God and it's called the uh, progressive will of God. God's will, sometimes he does some things and he just intervenes and it's going to be that. But other times with us, he just wants us to come to conclusions. He wants you to use your mind. God never wants you to divorce your mind. And I'm going to prove it in, in later in another chapter. Because he's talking about mind, mind, mind. Four times he said mind. Matter of fact, the passage in Corinthians will say, You pray with your mind, you sing with your mind, you worship with your mind. You never avoid a thinking. God wants you to think.
2: Is that why it says in Philippians, let this mind be in you,
1: which was also in Christ? Another mind scripture. But we spend so much time trying to be all,
0: I'm spiritual.
1: When God say, if you're spiritual, you're going to do what? Do good works. If you want to practice a religion that's undefiled before God, it is this. Go visit the wills and the orphans and their affliction and stay unstained for the world. That's too easy, too hard for you. You want to float.
0: <laughs>
1: you want to walk around and everybody goes,
0: Ooh, you're so spiritual
1: Man, you ain't spiritual. You fooling yourself. Quit telling people. Quit looking up the people Talk they anointing. Stop that. You messing their heads up with that. They ain't anointed. They need to be saved first. Forget anointed. Forget oh, the doubt. They are anointed person, women of God. Every person that y'all have brought to me told me there was anointed person of God, they full of hell. <laughs> I, my, my radar goes up when somebody says, That's the anointed woman, man of God. Oh, okay. Here we go. And what you're looking at is ain't biblical. Because, 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 in us, in in us, you know what we do? We want to, we want the easy road. See that 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 road is broad; it's not even defined. God says His road is narrow, and many don't find it. And He says, if you come up any other kind of way, you like a thief and a robber. But you want to, you you because of the sin that's in you you prefer darkness rather than light because your deeds are evil. So your natural disposition is to come up the easy way. Instead of going through the front door, I go through the the window. And God's saying, that ain't the way you need to come. For instance, I'm going to give y'all for instance. There's a group that's forming right now. I'm going to tell you the name of it. And it's a bunch of young ministers. And in their statement of mission and purpose, you see all the right words but this is the, these are the things I see in one of the statements it was we're doing this because in the traditional church which is not tradition by a long shot you don't have opportunities and platforms to exercise your gift and because you don't have these opportunities we're forming together to practice to learn how to preach which is good to, to hone our skills, which is good. But there was something in that you don't have an opportunity to practice in what we call church today. And my thing is, with my thinking self, you're not looking for a platform, you look for a venue. That's
2: right.
1: And there's a difference between a venue and a platform. Let me explain the here. They might sound the same. They are similar in our English language, but let me tell you, as far as I'm concerned for Pastor Sutton, Dr. Sutton, when I became a minister, not pastor, minister, 10 years ago, where's my platform? Where's my platform? I just got to pay attention. Where's my platform? Where's my platform? I know you said it. You said it. Where's my platform? I want somebody else to say it. Where's Where's my platform? Where's my platform? Where's my platform? Somebody. I'm going to let her answer it, but she answered right. Wherever you go. Wherever I go. <laughs> it ain't that hard. Wherever I do this. Wherever I go. That's my platform. Wherever I go. That's my platform. Because the Bible says my gift will Make, Make room, room for area. me. I don't need Thank to orchestrate a yeah. platform. Because the Great Commission gave me my platform. What did the Great Commission tell us to do? To work work to work all work? The world. So that's my platform. All the world. But when I'm chasing venue, what am I looking for? The field. The recognition. Joy, say again. The recognition. 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 What else am I looking for?
2: Money. Money.
1: What What else am I looking for? You said it. An audience. What else am I looking for? To make a name for yourself. Make a name. Where is that in the scripture? No. Where is the humility of that in the scripture? No. It's not. You follow what I'm saying? This is what I tell young preachers. I mean this with all my heart. And I ain't going to name nobody that can't do this. If you can't be satisfied preaching to one, there's no way I'm going to let you preach to a thousand.
2: Amen to that. And y'all know how
1: we started. I had to get satisfied speaking to this woman right here. Right here. It was me and her in my office. And everybody else filtered in later. Okay? And then we are here now. I never looked at the numbers and worried about the venue. If you want me to preach, I'm going to preach. Because I'm called to preach. That's right. I don't need to know that you're going to pay me no honorary. I don't care about that. If I get there, my job is to preach to you. If I get there, my job is to teach you. So if you want to gift me, I'll receive it, but that ain't where I'm going. And see, that's why everybody get mad at me, because I don't play that. I don't play the exchange. Okay, what, what it look like, and I know we all subject, we on subject, because of how corrupt we are as preachers. What it like, she's a preacher. No, he's a preacher. She's a preacher. And what we do is this. I go to your church, you get a hundred. You go to your church, you give him a hundred. I come to his church, he give me a hundred. We just pass the same dollar around. Why can't we just go to preach and keep a hundred? And if I am gonna give, and when I go to a church, instead of to preach, what about me going to the church not only to bless them with the word, but I'll give them a
2: gift.
1: Amen. Amen. Not expecting to return, get it to return, but just think about being a gift to them. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, that's the standard I set. Amen. But I think it's biblical.
2: It is.
1: Because in Timothy, it said, Paul said, I, teach, I, I taught you to teach other men to teach other faithful men. Mm-hmm. He said he taught a whole bunch of people. He said, I taught you. Okay? That's our problem today. Nobody's willing to sit. Everybody wants to get out here. To do what?
2: <laughs> do their own thing.
1: Do their own thing and get accolades. You could be a gifted orator, but that don't mean you a preacher. That's true. God preachers seem to make it as deep as we can get. Mm. You know I try to make it plain. Okay. Mm. That's my goal. I ain't trying to get y'all oh, he's you know he gave us a Greek word, and I don't understand it at all. Yeah. Daddy, what's that? Yeah. When you leave here, you need a lexicon to understand what I just said. Because yeah, yeah. you're not gonna get a lexicon. Yeah. You ain't learning nothing. you just being a commentary. Some sermons are commentaries. They're not like y'all can remember what I said Sunday. The nuggets, the pieces. That makes it worthwhile. When you preach, you preach to the mind and the soul, Amen. and the emotions. You preach to the whole man and woman, not to just part of them. Okay? All right, let's get back to the text. Y'all, it's drifting me off again. Go ahead. (laughs) Romans Romans 2 and 5.
2: But because of your hard and impenitent heart...
1: That means your stony heart. Go ahead.
2: You are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed.
1: So God is saying, look, because I've let you do this thing... Don't think you're getting away with it. What are you doing? You putting money in the wrath bank. You storing it up to get a whooping. You going ching ching. And he led you ching ching. And he said come on. You going no nah, I'm good ching ching. It's like you're playing a slot machine. It's like you can't. You hooked. The devil ain't got to do nothing with you. you doing it to yourself. This ain't the devil doing it. It's you. Because the Bible says when you fall away. You fall away by your own lust and desires. Not the devil. Quit blaming the devil and the demons. Why would the devil and the demons mess with you when they got you? That's crazy. Why would your father whoop on you when you're doing all that he wants you to do? To wreck the kingdom inside the church. Okay? Alright, read.
2: He will render
1: each to each
2: one according to his work.
1: Stop. So you can't worry about what your mama did. He gonna, he gonna render to you what you did. So ain't don't worry about, don't worry about no generational curse. You need to worry about what's on you now for you. God ended that generational thing back in the Old Testament, but would people still preach it? Cause they want to, man, they want to mess you up. They do. They just, oh God, I don't know if they are unskilled or they really just want to lead you astray, or it's a combination of both. But anybody preaches a generational curse when God. In the old testament said, from this day forward, I'm not gonna judge men by what their fathers do. You're gonna get judged by what you do.
2: Yep.
1: That's an old testament. Yeah. And they still talking about generational curses. Now, you may have generational dispositions. You know what I'm saying? Environmental, social dispositions, but you ain't cursed generationally. You are cursed by what you're doing, what you're doing. Hmm.
2: That's
1: like the Adam and Eve thing. God, I'm cursed because my mama. That you gave me. Yeah. Really? Because that's, that's, that's what Adam said. I'm cursed by the wife you gave me. Yeah. Well, I did this because she I nah, have she bought me apple. I just put it in <laughs> up. That's how we are. We always want to blame somebody else for response. Again, successful, success starts at the point of you being accountable responsible for your own life. May I
2: ask a question
1: please? Yes, you can. You always can. Go ahead. Uh,
2: when you see uh, behavior mm-hmm. from a parent to children mm-hmm. to grandchildren. Mm-hmm. How would you define
1: that? Disposition. Okay. Disposition. Okay. My 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 grandfather, my mother's father, is stoic. My son, I'm not as stoic, but I have stoic moments.
2: Would you explain the stoic?
1: Stoic meaning that serious. Yeah. Where's the look that comes over my face and I look like my grandfather I my grandfather I, I only never remember my mother's father laughing. He was just a serious man. He grew up in serious times okay. and he was serious about his family, so he didn't have time to, to heat chuckle chuckle chuckle. He wasn't at the, you know there, there was those guys who could chuckle. My grandfather didn't chuckle because he was too busy farming. okay so he had a story what made him happy was the crops came in on time. Okay, and he could take care of his family. He built his house from the ground up by himself. You know, That's back in the day when men built churches. You didn't have to go get a loan to get a church. You just had to buy the material. And the men built the church. Now,
2: that's a positive.
1: You know, now, a story. Okay, that's seriousness. Okay. I'm not as serious. I'm serious, but I'm not as serious. But my son got it in spades. JC, he ain't no joke. My son ain't no joke. You ain't gonna pull nothing, you ain't, man. You ain't man. My son ain't gonna let you pull nothing over on him. Okay, he ain't gonna. It ain't gonna happen. My son is twenty-six year old, twenty-seven year old. He he, the boss. Okay, in every aspect. All right, and I'm saying he's that way with his money, with his time. He don't hurt nobody. He's very kind and generous, but he's serious. Now he laughs with his friends, but after that, when it come to dealing his day to day life, paying his bills. JC does not play. Okay, think about this. Think about this. Because when I was his age, I wouldn't like him. I was a fool. Okay? He's 26. Okay? okay. Seven years ago, how old was he? He was 19. Okay, watch this. 19 years. 19. Okay, 19 years. years Nin- okay, 19 years ago. 19, 19, he was about to graduate from college, right? Okay. Watch this. The boy got an 850 credit score. Wow. The boy had a credit card wow. with a fifty thousand dollar limit at 19. How did you get that, son? Well, he watched his dad do business, and he, he learned the good stuff, and he did what I told him to do. And guess what? When he graduated, he was set, and he been running ever since. His own house, his own car, his own business, his own houses, and he ain't had to come to me for nothing. But because he's stoic, you know what I'm saying? It ain't. It ain't. It, that's a trait, but it's not necessarily a blessing. Or it's a blessing, but it's not necessarily a blessing or a curse. All I'm saying is, we do have traits from our parents that that go through us. Our smiles, our laughter, kind of our mannerisms. Like my dad used to walk the neighborhood. Now I'm walking the neighborhood, and people laugh because I'm doing the same thing he did. But I just got a German Shepherd walking with me. So
2: some can be positive. Then they can. Yeah, be they negative, can
1: be negative. So? Yeah, but they're not curses. Okay. Curses mean that. God has said it's a curse. Don't call someone a curse that God ain't called a curse, okay? Because then you're cursing. Right. Right. Not God. All right, read. We're almost done.
2: So, to those who by patience and well doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life.
1: For those who do what? Seek. Seek. What? So whose glory are you seeking? God. No, I'm seeking mine. No, God. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, y'all. Yeah. For those of us who are seeking God, seek ye first. Okay. All right. See, it all works together. Scripture, scripture verifies Scripture. That's what I do when I throw them out to y'all like that. I just want you to see the Scripture verify Scripture. So he said, if you seek the glory of God, what's going to happen? He will give eternal life. He will give eternal life. No, he going to put a chicken in your pot, a car in your driveway. A better job, no, right. a cute husband, no, a fine wife. Not
2: necessary. <laughs>
1: no, his purpose for you seeking his glory is to give you something that you can't buy eternity mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Now, can he give you the car? Yeah. Yes, can. yeah, can he give you the all the other stuff? Yeah. Yeah. But that's between you and him, right? right. That ain't got nothing to do with his main purpose. Which is your sole salvation. Thank you, Sister Jackie. Go ahead, read.
2: But for those who are self-seeking. Whoa! For those who are self-seeking, come on. And do not obey the truth. Do not what? Obey, obey the truth.
1: When you don't obey, you don't have what? F-word? Faith.
2: Faith. There you go. But obey unrighteousness. There will be wrath and fury.
1: There will be wrath and fury because you filled the bank up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Did we read that brother uh, uh, scripture above? You read it. You put you you, you filled the bank up. And vision based on bust and the wrath of God will come down you that's when he turns you over. When he's got tired of you, get, you get tired and you just make it clear that you't do want him, he'll say, okay, you, you done built up enough you done built up enough credit now it's time for the wrath. okay And remember the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. Okay? Go ahead.
2: There will be tribulation and distress for every human being <coughs> who does evil. Mm-hmm. the Jew first and also the Greek.
1: So the Jew first and also the Greek. The reason why he used Jew and Greek for chosen people and the smart people. <laughs> Greeks were considered considered super intelligent, so he used that as a, as saying. But it's all people, not just smart and Jew, but all people. Okay, but he's using that to illustrate the point because his argument philosophically was always with the Greeks. The Greeks always had something to say. Okay, just like we do. Are you talking about Paul? Paul, Paul yes. Paul. I'm talking about Paul. Thank you. You know, yeah, thank you for slowing me down. Talking about Paul, I assumed that you knew what I was talking about. So, his argument was always with the Jews, his nation, and the Greek people who were the smart people, okay? The intelligent people, the, the philosophers, okay? That's what we went to debate with on Mars Hill, the philosophers of the Greek, okay? Go ahead.
2: But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good.
1: Think about this. But, opposite of that, you can have opposite of wrath. By doing what? Good. 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 No, thinking good. No doing. doing good. No doing. 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 So there is a peace and a, what else we can have? Honor and yeah. honor. Yeah. So we can have honor and peace if we do good, mm-hmm. or we can have wrath if we don't if we be disobedient. Mm-hmm. So when we do good, that's being obedient. Mm-hmm. Do good. You ain't doing good to get saved. You doing good because you saved. Right? That's true. right? Mm-hmm. You're not earning God's favor. You are participating in the favor God has already given you. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. It's so simple, but so simple. Go ahead. The Jew first, and also the Greek. Not that, the, and that doesn't mean that they better first. It just means that he's going to explain that they had the oracles of God first. So it was Jew and everybody else. God chose. Okay so it's not them better it's just progression Okay. so true first don't mean oh they was better, no, because we know they messed everything up they was better at messing stuff up okay but God chose them to carry the oracles of God and he's going to explain it down the line go ahead
2: for God shows no partiality
1: he shows no partiality, go ahead
2: for all who have sinned without the law will perish without the law so
1: he said, think about this, all who have sinned and didn't have the law which is all the Gentiles, guess what they're gonna do if they don't know God? Perish. perish. Why they don't know, why are they gonna perish? Because chapter 1 says they knew They knew enough in nature to recognize who God was. And they did and they didn't follow. Him. They worshiped the four foot creatures, the creeping things, and all that stuff we read in 1. Mm-hmm. So there's enough evidence. See, the problem with people who don't know, that don't want to accept Jesus, is not evidence, it's disobedience, it's hard headedness, it's rebellion. It's not that you need to prove Jesus anymore. Put it this way. It's easier to believe in Jesus who we have over 2,000 manuscripts of the Bible in existence Than believe that the world just all of a sudden woke up and performed itself. Big bang. Where, where, where we get that at?
2: That's
1: like me saying this plant and this computer all of a sudden came together and formed a plant computer.
0: <laughs>
1: Without manipulation of somebody. The fact that something is formed, something has to set the boundaries for the formation. Let me say some stupid stuff. Go ahead. And
2: all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. So they're going to
1: perish too. We ain't got no hope. Sinner, under the law, without law, neither to be the one who had the law. They're going to be perished because they didn't keep the law. You're going to be perished because you didn't, keep, you didn't recognize God in nature. We all, you, you can't get around, be perishing, but yes, you can.
2: Jesus. Go ahead. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, mm-hmm. but the doers of the law who will, but the doers of the law who will be justified.
1: Okay. So you're justified by doing the law, but the only problem is nobody can do it. Okay. One man did it and we're saved in him and we rest in his righteousness of doing the law. Grace, that grace. We participate in his grace. Go ahead.
2: For when Gentiles who do not have the law mm-hmm. by nature do what the law requires. Now stop.
1: Gentiles who would, would recognize him as God. Rahab. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Rahab is that example. Yeah. So when Rahab recognized God. Go ahead
2: by nature do what the law requires they are a law to themselves Mm -hmm. even though they do
1: not have the law even though she's not part of Israel proper she recognized who God was because faith come by hearing hearing come by the word of God she heard about what they did to Egyptians. she decided in spite of everything I want to know this God and she don't know nothing about no ten commandments okay (laughs) All right. go ahead
2: they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. The
1: work of the law is written on their heart. What works in them is the law that's written on their hearts to recognize God. That's what the law written on your heart means, that you recognize who God is. Heart, mind, body, and soul. You come to the conclusion that God is. God is. That song, God is. Yeah. He's all that and more. All right, go ahead.
2: While their conscience also bears witness mm-hmm. and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to the gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus.
1: Now think about this. It says that you got a conflict going on It the fact that you got a conflict going on you. That makes you know. Mm-hmm. So because you're wrestling with stuff, Frida, that means, you know, that's a good thing. It's because when you didn't know, you didn't wrestle. That's right. That's right.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you were like, ah, I don't know. God.
1: back and forth. Yeah. Okay. You wrestling and saints let the person wrestle. Yeah. Just like Jacob did, right? Yes. yes, yes. Let the person wrestle to God. Somebody turn on that fan. It's hot in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cold? We got some people. We got some people fanning. I got my right here. You
0: good?
1: Yeah. The last switch on the left. come you, you do that for me. Last switch, you look to the right when you open the door. Last switch on left. do only switch this down. Just turn it up. So yeah, Bad. go ahead. Yeah, we almost done. I'm trying to bring it home. Go ahead.
2: Seventeen. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God there you go. and know his will and approve what is excellent mm-hmm. because you are instructed from the law.
1: You're instructed from the law. Go ahead.
2: And if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others do not... you. Do you not teach yourself?
1: And the question is, for those who are fools, (laughs) they don't. You should. But you call yourself, and all that was read it once in the A light to the blind read all that again what, yeah. if, you call, if you call yourself teaching, teacher you what?
2: You, you yourself are a guide to the blind guide to the blind light to those in darkness light to those in darkness an instructor of the foolish instructor of the foolish teacher of children teacher of children having the law and the embodiment of knowledge and truth
1: have the scriptures and the knowledge and truth
2: you then who teach others do you not teach yourself?
1: no you don't because you're too anointed <laughs> you ain't humble enough see because what we give to anointed people is all characteristics but the problem is they ain't even teaching themselves because they're too busy trying to convince you they anointed they ain't following the script they want you to believe they're all doing all that but they ain't learning they themselves they just want you to follow them. Right. See, because this is what this is how credibility comes. Because people follow you, that brings to our credibility, whether it's good or bad or indifferent or indifferent. If you follow somebody, you think about this. If everybody today stopped buying Beyonce records, would she be credible anymore? No, 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 no. 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 no.
0: no.
2: She,
1: she. Yeah. Would you be credible? No. <laughs> so it depends upon your following if you're credible. And if you become a, a pastor and nobody following you, you just got a title. <laughs> what, is a pastor, what is a pastor without a flock?
2: No, no, no.
1: Just somebody sitting there. Fair. Where do you see these titles? Assistant pastor, co pastor. I don't know in scripture. But we did that because we want to please people. Junior pastor, junior minister, junior evangelist, deaconess, junior deacon. All those crazy titles. It ain't even scripture. Because that's man centered theology. All right. The Deacon's, in there. Deacons in there. Yeah. 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 But I'm talking junior deacon. Like a junior mint. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Go ahead. We, I promise you we're gonna stop. What, what verse we have? Yes, yeah, you can make a comment. Yeah, go ahead. another
2: thing that's important in verse in my mind, you can see the evidence of all these Ministers with these big churches and big following, mm-hmm. and then they get exposed for the things that they're doing in the dark, and they come to light, and you find that this scripture backs it up for what they're doing. They, you know, preaching all this stuff, but not doing a thing of what the word, or what they are claiming to be the righteous ways of God. Yeah, living an unrighteous life.
1: Yeah, and think about this: the thing with Benny Hinn is so weird because. He not only get it from the people who already knew he was a false teacher, but he get it from the false teachers that he's trying to break away from. Because exactly. what what are they saying to him? You bust you telling our game. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: You exposing our game. How dare you tell them that you that, that I that, that that you've been lying all this time?
2: And then why do the people continue to follow these men? Because that
1: they, they don't know what else to do. Definitely, I, t- I try to tell y'all this and I want y'all to get this in your head When a person builds up a house On false teaching And you come along with the truth You got to understand It's going to take a long time They don't. What would you feel like if you found out that, that what you learned Not here but there Was all wrong No 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 no. You're missing the point The point is you've built up a house on that false teaching And even though it's false that's where you comfortable at. Yeah. That's what you that you used to believe. It. Yeah. Truth come in and you like, oh God, it hurt too much. The light come yeah. in, oh, y'all, no, 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 no. I'll look at it a little bit every now and then, but you know what? Leave me alone. I'm good. I'll just stay right over here and go to hell. Yep, I'm good. I'll just stay right here and go to hell. I'll be a long ranger. I'll do what I want to do. I'll be disobedient. I'll call myself a teacher of the wise and the blind and all them people but I'm, I'm going to stay in my false house because guess what I got a position in that false house they love me in that false house let me run some stuff in that false teaching and I'm important in that false teaching if you turn out my house where I'm going to go to the truth well if I go to the truth I might not be as important you're not Jesus is important the only person important in this ministry is Jesus and the only time I'm important is when I'm talking about him Basically, and you talked this before, and then I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I started to a while back. But, but the, basically, what the church teaches a lot, and a lot of people stay in place because they family, and
2: like you just said and described. But the churches are used as a business. Mm-hmm. They
1: might start off some of them the right way, but then turn the money comes in and everything, their whole mindset can be different. But a lot of people stay. Because like you said, they're comfortable, they don't want to be exposed to the truth, they don't no spoil you. But they are so quick to pay as you know, you. Oh yeah. yeah. If y'all listen to the real talk, if y'all listen to the real talk weekend, I talked about that. I talked about it in real talk weekend, you know, inside the church I met some of the meanest people. But this week I'm talking about I met some of the greatest people in the world inside the church. The true church, okay? And again, well, what happens with us is that is that we get comfortable. Yes. And God is always trying to change us. And God wants us to, like we read, God is. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walker Truth Radio Podcast. I would like to encourage and invite all those who are in the St. Louis metropolitan area to come out and worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ. 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. Our Bible study times are 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. All are welcome. Please come join us, worship with us, and learn with us. Bring your smile, bring your faith, and bring everything you know about God. We really love the interaction, sharing, and the fellowship. So come on out and join us. Every Sunday, 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ, 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri 63114 and at 11am and 7pm every Tuesday at the same address I'm looking forward to meeting you and enjoying the fellowship with you this is Pastor Jay I always want you to be encouraged and be at peace see you on the other side
0: Hello internet commenter. You've been sent a link to this video because someone is concerned that you might not be arguing your case to your utmost ability. They're concerned you might have used a fallacy to make an important point, thus defeating your own claim. The fallacy they're concerned you might have used is the straw man fallacy. Contrary to what many people would have us believe, a straw man is not simply an argument that you dislike or find inconvenient. Rather, it is a version of an argument that is misrepresented, simplified so that it is easier to knock over. Just as an actual man made of straw is a less solid version of a man made of flesh, a straw man argument is a less solid version of a fully fleshed out argument. A straw man replaces or represents whatever actual argument is being made. Straw can come in many different forms. It's not even always intentional. You might accidentally construct a straw man if you don't fully understand the depth of an argument. And that is fine. It happens to the best of us. However, to intentionally misread or misrepresent an argument to simplify the process of discrediting it, that's a little bit less forgivable. To take nuanced points out of context, to ignore crucial information, to even exaggerate claims to the point of absurdity, which is then easier to refute. These are all straw man tactics. For example, Mike and Straw Mike are having a conversation about how to responsibly depict awful stuff in media. I don't think it's too much to ask that when a media creator wants to show heinous or awful stuff, they do so in a context that shows that that stuff is heinous and awful. Oh, so now we're not allowed to show violent or terrible things unless we include some long-winded sermon about how bad things are bad? I think creators should be able to show or do whatever they want. The original argument states a preference for what Mike thinks constitutes the responsible use of media. The straw man argument recasts this as something much simpler and easier to agree with. Freedom is good, censorship is bad. But now, Mike and Straw Mike are no longer arguing about the same point, and so the conversation will quickly become unfocused and aggressive, which is never fun. Right.